Now we'll move on to the next panel on our uh, agenda. We're very pleased to welcome several staff members from our federal delegation in Washington, D.C. this morning. Alyssa Richardson, who is Deputy Chief of Staff and State Director for the Office of Senator Tim Scott, and former TGK Mayor David O'Neill, District Director for the Office of Congressman Ralph Norman. Welcome. Mayor Rick Osborne, the association's first vice president, will moderate the, this discussion this morning. Mayor Osborne. All right. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. To our panel, thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. I think you're going to find this panel to be informative and interesting. It's something that you can take back and really use as a meat to, and a catalyst to help your cities and our towns to really move forward with a federal agenda. And it's something that's been a priority uh, in this administration and the previous of, of the Municipal Association to create these relationships. So let me introduce our panelists to you first and then we'll get started. Uh, Alyssa, I'm gonna start with you. Alyssa Richardson is the Deputy Chief of Staff and State Director for the Office of Senator Tim Scott. Alyssa is currently based out of Charleston, South Carolina, where she serves as a State Director and Deputy Chief of Staff Senator Tim Scott in the capacity, in that capacity, she manages the Senate's in-state outreach and constituent services. She also serves as a liaison with the Washington office through strategy and amplification of the Senator's legislative agenda. Alyssa, it sounds like that's a little bit of everything. So. <laughs> Prior to this role, Alyssa was a practicing attorney in Columbia, South Carolina for four years. She served as a federal prosecutor for the Department of Justice. In her capacity as the Assistant United States Attorney, she, prosecu she prosecuted criminal civil rights violations, including hate crimes and officer misconduct, public corruption and violent crime. Notably, Alyssa assisted in the federal prosecution of the North Charleston police officer who shot an unarmed motorist, Walter Scott, in 2015. Alyssa is a graduate of Harvard Law School. She is a graduate of Furman University, and she is a proud native of the PD region claiming both Dillon and Marion as home. Please welcome, absolutely. Our next panelist is David O'Neill, who's the District Director for the Office of Congressman Ralph Norman. And David is no stranger to our association. He, has served, he serves as the District Director for Congressman Norman and has since his election in 2017. He just recently served as Mayor and Mayor Pro Tem for the city of Tega K for the past six years, relinquishing the Mayor's position one month ago. He retired from the United States Army in 2005 at the rank of Lieutenant Colonel after, after 20 years of service. He has a bachelor's degree in business administration from Texas Christian University, a bachelor's degree in political science from Winthrop University, and a master's degree in teaching from Winthrop University. He's lived in Tega K for over 21 years and his wife Linda, with his wife Linda and recently announced his candidacy for the newly created South Carolina House District 66 in York County. So, Mayor, welcome. Thank you. So we have some questions that we're, we've formulated beforehand, and, uh, but let's, let's not be afraid to have a good conversation that I think everyone will enjoy in, in, in this uh, forum. Uh, so Alyssa, I, I'm going to just start with you if we could, would. Can you uh, speak about Senator Scott's legislative priorities that pertain to cities and towns and how local officials stay knowledgeable and engaged 
with legislation that stems from these priorities? Okay, that is a big question. How's it is my, a lot, isn't How's it? my volume? Yeah. Are we good? Um, fantastic. So, um, first of all, thank you for being here. Um, I love engaging with this association. Um, to answer the first part of the question, Senator Scott's legislative priorities, um, I'm going to talk about two things, and I know we'll talk about infrastructure in particular going forward. Um, but where we are today in 2022, we've seen historic record spending. Um, I heard a, a statistic recently that I should probably fact check before I try and quote it here. Um, but in the past two years, we have spent in excess of what this country has spent in the last 50 years, which is astronomical when you think about the amount of dollars coming out of Washington. But, but I say that to say, um, and again, I, I agree with you, I'd love this to be a conversation. Um, is anybody familiar with the show The Wire? No? Yes? One of my favorite shows. There, there's a quote from there that I think of, uh, particularly right now. Um, there are some elected officials and they're talking about uh, trying to do a deal, uh, trying to raise capital. And one of the officials says, well, you know, we just got to get under the money faucet. And I'm sitting here thinking, what is the money faucet? And of course he goes, the federal government. The federal government is the money faucet. We got we to get under that. And so for better or for worse, while I don't love, Senator Scott does not love as much money as coming out of Washington. From our perspective, our goal, our role is making sure that our people, our cities, our towns, know where to put their bucket under said money faucet. Um, and so, um, like I said, I know you've got a question about infrastructure, and I'd love to talk more specifically about that because, as you guys know, I think there's some economic developers in the room, and every private developer will tell you uh, infrastructure attracts industry, industry attracts people, people attracts housing, and so on and so forth. And so that infrastructure piece is really, really critical, and I'm excited about some of, the, some of those dollars. Um, but to more directly answer your question, um, in talking about Senator Scott's legislative priorities, um, I have to talk about opportunity zones. Um, you all know your stuff, you're familiar with that legislation from 2017 under President Trump's um, Historic Tax Cuts and Jobs Act reform. Um, that piece of legislation, I would say, is a, a perfect example of the senators thinking about both hope and opportunity. Um, the opportunity zones, I won't bore you because you, you, know, you know them better than I do, but essentially it's a way to de-risk a deal that you want to do, right? It, it's a, there's an opportunity zone in each of your, your counties. There are multiple in some counties, about 9,000 across the nation. And we've seen those zones really effective in attracting capital dollars to places where they otherwise wouldn't be. And we're not talking about government spending, we're talking about private dollar investments. To date, opportunity zones have attracted somewhere around $30 billion across the nation, and uh, estimates are as high as about $75 billion in terms of dollars committed to those places. I give you that background to say, um, Senator Scott's legislative priorities are always going to be how do we set the table? How do we better assist you all in doing the projects you're trying to do? Is it the water sewer? Is that the bedrock? Are we already attracting industry? So all of those pieces work together. And the second part of your question, if I recall, was how do we better interact with... with Stay knowledgeable and engage with legislation that stems from these priorities. Thank you. Um, so that's pretty easy. Um, please reach out to us. Um, you, you can never annoy our office. You're, we're never gonna get a call from you and say, that's not our issue. We don't care if it's not a federal issue. We will connect you to where you need to be connected. Um, Senator Scott, um, we also have um, mailing lists for particular issues. So for instance, if you really do wanna talk about opportunity zones, our opportunity zones expert sends out his own, 
his own updates. If you want to talk about um, infrastructure, I would write this name down. There's a fellow named Cody Sims in our DC office who um, works really well. He's got um, uh, pretty good um, guidance and, and can be helpful in, in some of these spaces. So please reach out. You cannot call or email too much. Um, email is my love language. I prefer email over a phone call. So, but, but hey, I'll, I'll work with you. Very good, thank you. Um, Mayor, I'll, I'll kind of ask you the same thing. Uh, coming, coming out of, of uh, I guess, a previous session and move, moving into it, um, what, would, what would you say are some of the, some of the priorities in Congressman Norman's uh, legislative agenda? Well, Congressman Norman now serves on Homeland Security. <clears throat> so Homeland Security is a big priority. He's uh, real big on security, both in his district and for the nation. He's, he's all for economic development. We've mentioned many times Senator Scott's economic development, the opportunity zones in our area. We appreciate all that work he's done on that. Uh, but I would say transportation is some of the bigger things in our area. We, we're coming from a fast growing area up in the northern part of our district and the traffic and the, what, just the way it hinders business sometimes, just, just so much traffic up there. So I'd say that's probably his biggest, biggest roles. He's, he's really into constituency services. We, we work on that quite a bit. Our office is kind of divided into two sections. We have the legislative office up in Washington, D.C., and we have the constituency services that we run out of Rock Hill in the district, and that's the, that's the one I run. So our 11 counties, we get calls in for, from people who have issues with Social Security. They got denied Social Security or, or denied veterans benefits or things like that. So our office handles more, more of that kind of thing. Very good. I'm going to ask you just because I think we'd all be a little curious on this because I can only imagine uh, a state director and a district director. What there probably isn't a typical day, but but what does a day entail for for you guys in, in this? I imagine some travel is usually involved and uh, a ton of your love language with emails. I bet because yes, we all yes. have that. But but what does a day usually entail being a director? Well, every day is a new day. It truly is. You never you can't plan for anything. You come in and you turn on your email or your voicemail or your phone calls and you try to work on that. The first hour or two hours is usually what's going to set the stage for the whole rest of the day. Uh, so we, again, we like email. There's, there are times that we answer our phone that we can't always be jotting down notes and we prefer, if you want to call us, that's great. We never, we, we never fail to take a phone call or return it, but email is, gets everything written out and so we can always go back to it and it's kind of a like a mini file we can see exactly what we need to talk about so we prefer emails uh, but um, we'll do phone calls and it just depends on kind of the, what the day is what the week is but it seems like it goes in spurts recently it's been passports have you been getting a lot of passport Absolutely. issues mm -hmm. you know we were we didn't do a lot of travel there for a while right and people when they found out they could go back to traveling again they got online or wherever they made all their appointments to go traveling and then after they made their final payment, they realized they didn't have a passport or, or their passport hasn't been, uh, hasn't been returned because it was a four to six month wait. So I think for a couple of months, we just did almost 80% of our calls were passports. Wow. Um, so it's, it's different all the time, but it's, it's always interesting is you can't plan for it. Yeah, there's, right. there's no doubt about that. Very good. Uh, um, you asked what's a typical day in the life. Uh, according to my mom, I spend 100% of my job driving, is what she would tell you. Um, so as you mentioned in, in my bio, I have two roles. I am both Deputy Chief of Staff and State Director, which are really fancy titles, but essentially what that means, I'm Deputy Chief of Staff. I'm in D.C. about once a month, so I'll be there uh, next month. 
um, to stay connected to the policy wor world. And specifically, my background, again, was a federal prosecutor. And so has, as Senator Scott um, worked really uh, two summers in a row pretty aggressively on policing reform, I spent a lot more time in D.C. Um, being able to, to, to be assisting um, on that sort of legislation, because that's truly where my background is. Um, but in the state director role, the way I like to describe it is we try to be everywhere the senator cannot be. Um, I, I've yet to meet a town in South Carolina that I did not love. Um, and so my goal is to be everywhere. Um, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the time some of our, um, and, and I'm from Dillon, South Carolina, and, and born in Marion from Dillon, so I have a soft spot for the smaller towns. That's always where I'm, I'm gonna gravitate towards. But you know, some of the bigger towns, you know, they have grant writers. They really don't need to call us. They, they, they've got it figured out. They know exactly what they're doing. They don't need us. But some of the smaller towns, they don't know that they can call us. They don't know that we write letters of support for grants. I'll repeat that in case you guys don't know that. We write letters of support when you're applying for a federal grant. So please, please absolutely email us. Um, so a typical day for me when I'm in state is trying to be as many places as I can be. Um, I'm still learning. Um, I, I don't think when I think about economic development and I, I think about um, so much of the senator's um, portfolio, um, I love opportunity zones, but when I'm in these conversations with you all, the, and some of you, some of you have met with me, the, the question is pretty persistent. Hey, how are these working? What do you think should be the next step if, if we're still working on these? Because we are. We want to extend opportunity zones. We want to, um, we're, we're working in a bipartisan way with uh, Senator Booker. And so for me, those are the conversations that most excite me. Hey, how, how's your city doing? What, what's, what's the next step? Do we have water sewer? Are we, are we on to industry? Where are we? And so I love those conversations. Is that extension up this year? Um, the opportunity zones are set to sunset in 2026. So it's not up this year. Okay. And so we've got some time to continue yeah, negotiating what an extension, extension would look like. It's a great tool that uh, the Senator had partnered. I know with Senator Booker also, but it was really a great tool to present to uh, local governments and counties. Absolutely, absolutely. So, we were um, just up in uh, Rock Hill uh, a couple of days ago. I don't know if the mayor is still here. I'm half blind, even though I have in context right now. Um, and, and the Opportunity Zone is, legislation has just been amazing. Um, affordable housing in Rock Hill, of, of many other things that they were able to use and leverage that tool. So, big fan over here. We, we heard on the previous panel how important relationships are uh, for municipalities and, and local governments with uh, state officials, obviously with federal also. Um, are there any, any recommendations or things? I know we talked about emailing, but um, when and how should local elected officials engage uh, with your offices? Okay. Well, we do a lot of um, engagement out in the communities. We meet with, um, we have 11 counties in our district. We meet with all the local county and city officials. Um, the fire departments, the police departments. In fact, we go out a lot and have and serve them breakfast to get everybody in together to, over breakfast. Sometimes it's a Bojangles biscuit. It can be just as little as that, but we try to cater a nice. We we've been to Newberry several times, Clover. I see some of the other delegations over there. Uh, just interact with them and let them know that we're here for them. Hear hear what their concerns are. But of, of the 11 counties, we go to all the counties and the cities as, as much as we can every year. We we take a every quarter. We try to go to to every, every county. Now that's changed a little bit because of COVID. Some people don't really want to meet with us because of that, but, but we go as often as we, as we can. And we also encourage them to call us. We have the legislative team that comes down from Washington, D.C. a couple times a year, and we encourage them to get out in the district to talk to people and see what it is they need, especially our cities and our counties. 
um, see what kind of helped any with grants. And like she said, we got, there's a lot of grant writers out there, so we don't really like, but we do do the, the same letter of support uh, that, that the center would do. But we just get out in the community. We encourage the interaction that way. They can call us. We call them. Sure. Alyssa, probably the same? or um, Very, very similar. The only thing I would add, um, you all are South Carolinians. We all know the name Strom Thurmond. Um, I'm going to probably butcher a quote of his, um, but it's kind of a mantra we have in our office. Um, one of you will correct me on the quote, I'm sure. Um, he says something to the effect of um, people, won't, people won't care about what you're trying to tell them until they know that you care is a loose interpretation of the quote. But I say that quote because it's something that we think about in terms of constituent services. If you all don't know that we're available to you, then you're not able to, to engage in the same way. So we want you to reach out. Um, and we have all 46 counties, right? You know, regardless of whether a constituent voted for or against Senator Scott, he's still your senator and we want to be available. So again, you cannot email us too much. I will hand out my business card. Please find us online. We want to be responsive. That is, that is our entire job. And I also say, yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We have a web page that we try to update. We try to keep it as, as current as possible. Norman.house.gov. I'm sure all the other congressmen um, have the same. We, we don't have any unique uh, ideas. We kind of copy off each other if somebody else has a good idea. But, but everything you could possibly want I think is on that website. You have the locations of our office, the times, the emails, that we've got a little bugs on the top, uh, what all kind of services we perform, where it's performed, whether it be Wash DC or down in the district. But I, I would just say in the district, um, locally, it's more constituents, individual type things. And Wash DC is more legislative, policy, collective type, type things up there. Uh, but we also have a little bug uh, on the bottom right hand part. I'm on that website so often. If you want to be on our, on our email list, uh, we won't spam you. It's just stuff that you really, we, we think that you want to see. And right next to signing up is another one that says, get off of it. If you, when, you're, when you're tired of it. <laughs> Very important. You know, <laughs> I, I'm done with it. I, you know, you, you call me too much or you let me know too much. We have town halls. We try to go into in the community as, you know, quarterly, annually, something. And we do town hall meetings. People come in and uh, they talk to us, tell us what their concerns are. So the interaction with the constituents is very important. And I was just going to add, it's probably just as, as important for us as towns and cities. Uh, we, we reach out an awful lot when we have problems or challenges or sometimes opportunities, right? But it's probably just as important that we remember when we're celebrating uh, those achievements. Uh, I suspect your offices like to hear from us in those times Absolutely. also, correct? I, I thank you for teeing me up on that. We are, um, we are doing something or rolling out in the next couple months, something we, we're calling Sweet Tea. We want to be able to highlight genuinely good things that are happening. Um, and so not necessarily a political thing, but a win. You know, I think, I don't know, I, we've been in the pandemic for two or so years. And I, you know, you turn on the TV, I think people are more, I don't know, anxious and depressed than ever before. And so we want to bring some hope and some positivity. And y'all are the ones finding these things. Y'all are the one creating these, 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 these positive things in your, your municipalities. And so... Help us highlight that. We have an older gentleman that we, we, we subscribe to every newspaper in our district. We have a gentleman that he, he's, his job is to read every newspaper. And you come in our office sometimes, there's a guy sitting there reading a newspaper, and they would say, Man, I want that job. You know, that's a really great. But he, that's yeah. another way we find out what's going on in the community. That's right. And Congressman Normans likes to clip things out, you know, and, and laminate it and send a little note. Congratulations for. Yeah winning the state championship or being married for 75 years or we love good news obviously and 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 we just had a gentleman that turned 100 years old a veteran yeah. 
And Congressman Norman wanted to go visit him personally. And we drove out, I think it was someplace in Kershaw County, drove out personally to, to congratulate him for, for his 100th birthday. So good news is, is the best news. Um, keep that bad news to yourself, I guess. But <laughs> good fun. news is always welcome. And, and Congressman Norman, as many of them know, loves to get out in the community. You can visit us at our office. Fine, we're well, glad to have you. But he loves to come to you. So uh, if you ever want to invite us, invite him. I won't be around much longer. I'm going to retire in three or four months, but oh. uh, we'll see. Uh, but he loves to come out in the community and, and meet with everybody and, and, and see everybody. And he's got this photographic memory. I just, I don't know how he does it. The, uh, we were in a hardware store a while back, and he, he met a guy out in the parking lot, and he was talking to him. And I, so I walked in the, into the hardware store, and I just, it was in Newberry, in fact. And I said to the man, I said, do you mind Congressman Norman's going to come in and say hello to his meet? He goes, Congressman Norman? And he said, he came by here six years ago to talk to me about something. And I said, he said, he probably won't remember me. And I said, oh, I bet he will. So he walked in and he said, hello, Congressman Norman. He goes, hello, Steve. He goes, you remember me? He goes, sure I do. In fact, you were wearing that same shirt last time. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing that memory he's got. I, you know, I can't remember names after tomorrow, but he really, really, I can't tell you how much he loves to get out in the community. That's great. That's great. I, I was one who, when you said it, I was like, man, I wish I had the job of reading the papers. That would be great. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. Maybe when I retire, I can come back and do that. There you go. Um, you, you alluded to us maybe diving into infrastructure a little bit. So let's, let's do that. South Carolina's estimated to receive more than $6 billion uh, from the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Um, is there any insight that maybe you could provide into how cities and towns can engage for these funds? Yeah, absolutely. So I brought that up because that's um, a question that we've gotten the most calls on from a, um, a policy perspective, or at least from, from cities and towns and counties. Um, so just to, there's a bit of misinformation or, around the $6 billion that South Carolina is getting. Um, yes, it is $6 billion, but in the previous iteration of, um, it was the FAST Act, very similar legislation. South Carolina had received $4 billion. So there is a plus up in that money, but it, it, it's, it's something we've done before. And most of that money is gonna be coming through the same processes that it normally does. Um, for the most part, um, the South Carolina Department of Transportation will be administering that money and um, doing matching processes for the federal dollars. But the part that I think um, you, uh, this group might find most, most helpful, um, there is about, Nationwide, there's about $114 billion of competitive grants. Um, and by competitive grants, that would be the place where you all get to be involved, where you're doing an application to figure out how to draw down on some of that money. So let me say one thing first. Um, for the most part, a lot of these agencies, we're talking uh, mostly Department of Transportation are about 24 or so of the grants. Um, Department of Energy has about 16, and these are the competitive grants, the ones that cities and towns can apply for. Um, and then there are a handful of grants um, through the um, EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, um, through uh, Department of Commerce. And those grants um, are a place where you all as um, city, towns, you can apply for those grants and draw down on those dollars. And so, yes, South Carolina will be getting $6 billion, but it'll be administered in the way that it normally is. There's not a lot of place for cities, towns to have input, um, but on those competitive grant processes, um, as those agencies figure out what their application process looks like. And that guidance isn't out yet, right? They're, 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 as, as quickly as you guys are calling us, we're calling them to say, hey, you guys have guidance on how do we apply for this 
you know, specific Department of Transportation grant where you can plus up your bridges or, I mean, there are all manner of these grants. And you can check these websites um, to see as the guidance comes out. Or you can call us. We are more than happy to do the homework for you and, and get you an answer as quickly as we can. Yep. What she said uh, basically is the same thing. But as a former mayor, I just know when we got money, we thought we had this nice pot of whatever, but we couldn't spend it any way we wanted to do it. We couldn't pay off debt. We couldn't do certain mm -hmm. things. So, so it, while it's nice to get the money, um, you, you really need to contact your congressman or your senator or and find out what you're allowed to do with it. And we, everybody likes free money, but then if you can't spend it a certain way, it's a... Uh, you're kind of jockeying around to see how to spend it. So, Alyssa, you, uh, I'm, I'm interested because um, as you're talking about new funds coming for grants, is that in addition to the existing build grants, or will it be funneled through existing programs already? Um, the, the, the real answer, um, see, I'm not a politician yet, so I just give you the real answer. real answer is we don't know. Okay. Um, but for the most part, um, a lot of these um, agencies are still figuring out the, the sure. process. Um, it may be that they'll, they'll go through previous channels, but we do know the $6 billion, the, the big pot that's coming directly to South Carolina, it's coming, that will go through the normal processes. But some of these new grants, like I said, it's mostly Department of Transportation, a few Department of Energy, and then um, two or three other agencies. They're writing, figuring out how they want those applications sure. to go. Right. Well, very good. We'll continue to monitor that and look for, look for information. Yeah, seriously, sure. call, call us. I mean, yeah. I, I know some of you have folks on staff who are really great at navigating the legislative process. Some places are smaller. We, we're more than happy to do the work. Very good. Uh, let me ask this question. This is going to be a, a, a different one maybe, but how can cities and towns best serve as a resource to your respective offices? Well, I guess, again, the communication part, uh, let us know what you need. Um, we don't know what we don't know. Uh, we have to, that's why we go out and we do the Bojangles biscuits with, with all you guys out there. We, we want to know what we just sit around for breakfast sometimes that we just talk about. We do that with veterans groups. You know, we don't know what they need sometimes, and we go out and uh, we get a group of veterans together, and they're very happy to tell us what they want or what they need, as are the cities and the counties. So, I would say the communication is the best. We, we try to, my job is to know everybody in my district. Uh, and I, I hope I do a good job with that, but it's also your job to kind of let us know you're out there. If there's, we try to make big towns and little towns be the same, but we, like I said, we don't know what we don't know unless you tell us what you need. And, and that nice interaction uh, is the best way to get, to get things solved. Yeah, I, I love the way you phrase that. So, um, as I said, I used to be a prosecutor and you know, you'd be in court and the judge is up there and you're assuming, man, the judge is really smart, they know everything. But you will have judges tell you, we do not know everything. Tell us what we need to know. Lay it out, make it plain. Um, and so many of you all, again, email is my love language. Many of you will get me on the phone and you'll say, hey, we're, we're dealing with these issues and we'll talk about them. And I'll say, by the way, if you can put that in an email and that way I can navigate and, and, and get you a very detailed answer so that you can go out and, and, and absolutely convert on. And so please lay, lay it out, make it plain, um, because if you're, and, and, and again, you can never call us too much. Our, the way that Senator Scott has taught me, has taught everyone on staff is we work for you. We are in these positions, we have government salaries because we work for you. And so if you're calling me, if you're emailing me, please tell us what it is we need to figure out and we will either go there with you, have a meeting, we'll do a Zoom, we'll do whatever you're comfortable with because you guys are in these positions because you care, right? We're in these positions because we care too. So help us care together. Help us, just, just give us the, the playbook, what you need, and we'll help you, help you figure it out. 
Thank you. As I said earlier, one of the priorities uh, that, that our, our board and our, our uh, executive director has lay, laid out is, is increased communication mm -hmm. through MASC mm -hmm. with each of your offices and, and at a federal level. Um, and one thing that we really took a lot of pride in, Alyssa, is that uh, when, when uh, there were so many questions coming into uh, Senator's office about the COVID relief money as it first started coming out, of course, it was a moving target. We all understood that. But uh, we, we took a lot of pride in the fact that the senator and the staff linked MASC's page to their web page for, for, the, for the answers. If you have questions, look here because MASC has Absolutely. it. Right. So we felt like we were adding value to the office at that point, which uh, made us feel like we were accomplishing that goal and, and building that relationship. Absolutely. When I met Erica, I was like, let me get your cell phone number, girl. I need to make sure I have a connection yeah. here. MSC is a great partnership. Yeah. Uh, not, I don't Fantastic. say that just because I used to be a mayor and a city councilman, but in my office, in my job with Congressman Norman, we, we've spoken to Erica a lot lately. Mm -hmm. And we've always done stuff through MASC to make sure that we're both aware of what's going on with each other. I see Casey back there, too. Yeah. So. Everyone will hear, if that's my mom calling, tell her I'm doing great. So, <laughs> hey, uh, I would just speak, uh, Erica's a, a rock star for us, yes. and we're so happy to have her on staff. And I'll just say everyone will get a chance to hear from her uh, in, in a session or two after this. But... I'm going to tell you, she probably has the best Rolodex in her phone of, uh, <laughs> of, of federal staffers of anybody I know. So uh, I, I look forward to getting a chance to hear from her. Um, any other, any way, other way that the Municipal Association uh, might conserve as a valued partner for your offices that you hmm. might can think of? I, I mean, you know, you all are already doing it, right? You, you, you all came up to D.C., you visited with the senator, you're... We have such a great relationship, and you all know what you're doing, so we, we get to lean on y'all more, I think, well, more than y'all lean on us. And we and, want you to. Yeah, and, and um, again, like I, like I said, this historic level of spending, we're all trying to wrap our arms around it to figure out how it's working so that when we talk to you all, we can give intelligent answers. So I just appreciate that communication back and forth um, and being able to rely on y'all. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Very good. Sometimes my job as a mayor and as a district director kind of overlap and the lines get blurred sometimes, but, but I did so much with MASC, I sometimes forget if it was the, in my capacity as a mayor or as a capacity as a district director, but, but there was always a very good lines of communication with MASC uh, and I valued it, my, my opportunity to be with them greatly. It's been, it's been a really good position to speak with them often. They're just very good. Very good. And, they, and they've known stuff that we didn't know yet. So everybody thinks a congressman and a senator might, might have all the answers. They, would, they were calling us and telling us some things before. Why, why are we off the, why have we don't know that yet? So they're well, very good. Well, I think we have come to the, our, our time on our, on our session. But uh, I mean, I, I think the information that you have shared has certainly helped us. Um, and I hope everybody understands and, and hears that uh, they, they want to get input from us and they want to hear from us. So I'm sure the web page has everybody's number. And if there's something that's not on the web page, call us and tell us. We'll yeah. put it on the web page. But, but I'm sure every congressman's um, web page is the same and probably every senator's. But there's little bugs up there. You pull that drop down menu and you should be able to find everything you need. At this time, would you join me in thanking David and Alyssa for being with us? Thank you guys so much. Thank you, man. Sure, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for joining us in uh, Columbia today. We really appreciate your time.
We appreciate your insights Absolutely. in helping us do a better job uh, when we need to build relationships and speak with our representatives and congressmen about uh, what we need in our own hometowns.